0: On this edition of Catching Up with the Kiwis, we are literally chatting to a star, a flying Kiwi who's made his mark in this part of the world and has literally flown across the Pacific Ocean in recent weeks and relocated to America, ahead of what we hope will be a big chapter in the next phase of his career. Scott McLaughlin, hello. G'day, Thruster. G'day, Greg. Good to see you. It's great to see you too mate. Let's start with a little bit of fun. You've been on social media talking about Scott learns America. How are you going with it all? Well, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a beat up actually but um
1: they they are uh, uh they love Twitter over here. Massive fans of Twitter and um so I'm trying to grow my Twitter following in some way. So uh I put up a a post. I went to a place called Bed Bath and Beyond over here which is it's like the bunnings of home goods. Like it's just there's stuff everywhere, okay. and um, I, I I checked it out and it was uh it was it was awesome and and I tweeted about it. I said this is probably my new favorite store, um, and yeah, it was it was the best thing I ever did because people just loved it and they wanted more. So I've got all these little checklists I got to do to go through fast food restaurants all that sort of stuff uh, whilst I travel across America next year in the
0: future on you we're chatting to you in charlotte uh, how cold is it there and how have you settled in mate uh it's pretty chilly uh just saying to you before i'm getting used to the fahrenheit uh
1: range of uh, uh measurements um but still quite a, a massive celsius man but it's uh it's uh yeah about six or seven degrees uh on monday but it's actually heated up over the last couple of days so it's 16 degrees at the moment and uh, it gets down to about five Degrees at night, but I actually don't mind it. I'm you know, I was born in June in New Zealand in the
0: cold, and you know, I'm used to the cold, so don't really mind it too much. Charlotte is a beautiful part of the world, and it's a real motorsport hub. Enjoy that. It's been a huge few weeks for you, mate, flying straight out after Bathurst, pretty much uh, straight into some racing there. How much bigger have you found it all? Oh, it's I think when
1: I first walked into the pits at St. Um, at Pete uh realized you know how big this place is how much you know money is invested in in the indycar series and uh you know you walk past teams like ganassi and then into team penske and you know even the little teams are, are big teams or what we would regard in supercars as big teams so the budgets is completely different um but look it's uh it's been really cool it's been a whirlwind experience i think that week after bathurst was probably the busiest time of my life um glad i did it it's going to set me up so much for next year and stuff and and really especially our first round is there next year in march and that's exciting for me and and um and uh my supporters because hopefully i go a little bit better than i did uh,
0: (laughs) when i was was there in the last race it's great that you at least were able to tick the box and, and get one done i suppose before the end of the year in that sense even though the result wasn't necessarily what you wanted
1: yeah look the result wasn't what we wanted but I was able to learn pit stops. I was able to learn, you know, what time driver's briefings are, where the hotel is like little, little things that you don't like think that would be a problem or or weird to get used to. But honestly, like going to the, like trying to figure out where you're going and then plus trying to think about, you know, driving the race car itself. It's, it's a lot to take on, um, for me and my wife. So it was, um, it was, it was a, a good weekend, a good weekend to learn my crew because um, over here it's different you, you've got your own crew you like, you don't have you, you don't share a pit boom so it's not the same you know pit crew on two cars or three cars or whatever over here it's just you've got your, your 22 car your 12 car your two car and your three car and I've got my three car and 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 the guys on there and that's what's really cool
0: being able to work with a, a specific group of people going for the same goal as me the Penske organization made a terrific at at recognizing and harnessing talent. Probably a little backstory that might be worth sharing is how the switch in codes came about here. Because on paper, we'd probably almost have thought, oh well, it'll be a, a saloon car type move, or maybe one day a NASCAR style move. But the switch to IndyCar, I think, probably surprised a few people. When was that first sort of mooted that the the notion of doing that and how did you react to it? Yeah, well, initially,
1: well, absolutely. My my goal, in some ways, was NASCAR. I've always loved IndyCar as a kid, but um, and Scott Dixon had a lot to do with that. Uh, but when um, Roger and Tim sort of come to me and said, "Hey, we're looking at America for you. Like, you know, would you be interested in IndyCar?" I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have a go at IndyCar one. I love how it's always on road courses, and and there's a couple ovals here and there, which I'd still be able to dip my toe in, in, in the water. That's very something different. But it was also a fresh fresh start being in an open wheel. I've never really been in an open wheeler before. Um, but yeah, certainly, I I my management team, a few other people, thought that uh, that you know NASCAR was probably going to be the road would go. Um, but then it's sort of probably around uh darwin last year at um in the supercars you know we started speaking about um you know moving forward and what was going on and and that's when tim pitched the idea and i was fully open to it and then we sort of did some testing uh, on the simulator towards the end of the year and really liked it and it was really for me to feel the car and see if i liked it and whether i wanted to have a go and we won the championship in bathurst and that whole test that happened at the end or the start of uh, 2020 that was basically a a reward for you know winning rogers first bathurst and you know two championships the championship with the mustang it was an opportunity for me to try the car um something that sort of just came out of the blue as well and um yeah and once i come out of that test i was like yeah this is like where i want to go and one that's fresh um I think if I, I'd love to have gone the NASCAR route as well, and I still reckon you know I'd love to have a crack at a road course or something. But um, right now, I'm really happy I've gone a completely different way because it just feels fresh now, like it's new. It's 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 quite exciting, you know. I actually feel like a true rookie, and even though I would have been in the NASCAR side, but I, I genuinely feel like this is going to be the hardest thing I've ever decided. It's been a big undertaking from myself, my family and and, and
0: Carly, my wife, but i um, glad we're doing it. I love the fact that you're getting your teeth into something fresh as you talk about there. So that comes with lots of learnings. You got to drive Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Just recap for people here, how fast did you go? How mind blowing was that? And what was the biggest learning curve?
1: Yeah, so I was probably doing race speeds at the end of my um, awesome. uh, my, my, my run there. Uh, so you build up as a rookie so you go through like the 205 to 210 mile per hour bracket you got to stay there for about 10 laps and then 210 to 215 for another 10 laps and then 215 plus for the next sort of 15 and that's when you pass your rookie test for me uh, the the hardest part of that test was going slower so driving those cars at a less speed without all the downforce was actually harder when i got uh, faster and faster that's when the flow sort of ha- started happening and I was able to you know drive the car position the car better because I was coming into the corners faster but I think I ended up uh 219 220 uh, average pace um which is what you see in the race times but qualifying like it's 230 231 is pole time you know so that's uh, that's an average pace so you're hitting 240 mile an hour um but yeah certainly the fastest i've ever gone Uh, for you know for the New Zealanders and Australians like that's you know 360 odd k. so it's a it's a crazy um, experience I remember trying to speak on the radio and you can't actually you know when you talk you can feel the vibration like through your voice and you can sort of hear yourself like in the car I was like trying to speak on the radio and all I could feel was my mouth moving I (laughs) I couldn't hear myself I couldn't feel
0: the vibrations in my neck and my throat uh it was it was a very uh weird experience great stuff mate um you've also been I mean, beautiful shot of you and the legendary rick mears in the stands you know empty stands great person to get some advice from what kind of stuff did you shoot the breeze on oh so
1: much you know that photo was us watching joseph at turn three just uh we we sat there for about an hour and a half me and him and we just talked about everything it was cool it was I was talking about what happened in back in the day in the snake pit, which is like little party area they have in the middle of the track. Um, you know, what was his biggest crash, you know, what was his biggest mistake, you know, what was it like winning this race? It's stuff that people like would like pay thousands of dollars to just enjoy that moment with him. And I was so privileged to have it. And then for me to go out there and have him as my spotter and, uh, talk me through it, especially at St. Pete for one. But um, like he was in my strategy meeting. Like it's crazy. He's been connected to my hip the whole time. Awesome. And then to, yeah, when I got to the, the the pit lane after my first run in Indy he's the one sticking his head in the cockpit, going, "What do you think?" It's like this guy's like he's a he's a god over here, and it's so cool to have him as my mentor, as my like uh, my my teacher, and
0: and um, really really privileged to have that. Mate, it sounds surreal. That's just tremendous. Three straight supercars titles, a Bathurst win you've alluded to there a moment ago as well. Is there anything you kind of didn't tick off on this side of of the world before you left? Uh, no, to be honest, I, I, I did
1: a lot of cool things. Um, last year, I, I, I won in front of my home fans in New Zealand. I won Bathurst. I won championship. I won three championships. Which was something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I. <laughs> Selfishly, I wanted to win on every track that I competed <laughs> on and I didn't get to do that, <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted every track but one. And, like, I'm very proud of that. And and I only did that with the team that I had around me. They, they were people that pushed me, Ludo, LaCroix, Richard, Harris, Ryan Story, um, they all they pushed me to no end to be better. Fabian Coulthard, my teammate, um, you know, always pushing me and uh, getting the best out of me, not only as a race driver, but as a human, and I think as... From twenty seven onwards, I think I changed as a human being um, a little bit better. I think I, I it wasn't all racing, you know. I had a life sort of outside. I come to the team all focused on racing. That was it. I didn't think about anything else outside of it. I met Carly and um, we had a life away from the, the track and I certainly felt like that turned me around a bit. And that's probably one thing I'm really proud of is, is, you know, the person I
0: sort of started being off the track. As you should be, mate. Too still very driven as a competitor. I know that, but with a with a great um, you a great role role model in so many ways. And one of the things I wanted to touch on, if you don't mind, for the youngsters that are watching perhaps the Motorsport New Zealand Facebook page here, um, you know, as your profile's grown so significantly in recent years, that comes with some some traps made from the likes of uh, trolls and negativity, and and learning to deal with that, to park that is is quite a big part of that growth, isn't it? It is. Um, I struggled with
1: that initially. I think when I first joined the category in supercars, I was 16 and everyone, you know, I stalled on the first, first, my first race and got crashed into and everyone's like, Oh, well that's what's going to happen. You know, guys got too much money for how much talent he's got or whatever You, you cop all that. Um, which is still happening today for any driver that's young and aspiring and has got good backing behind them. doesn't matter how good they are. If they've got a, if they've got a check, beside their name they're a money driver and they got nothing you know and and that's I find that terrible but um you've got to take it as a grain of salt so easy to say but for me for facebook if you can't um cop the trolls and whatever you you really shouldn't be on there but I feel like the what how I look at it and I think I could like teach this to young people is that you've got let's say you've got a million fans on supercars facebook page right and you've got a story that comes up about you 100 people comment out of those million people and you have maybe one or two that really like get into you about your life or let's say real bad that's like 0.1 point zero one percent of of the people that actually follow that page that are are talking bad about you and you've really got to look at in that context it's a little bit complex but who cares you know it's it's one of those things where if that gets them excited and and whatever so be it you know that you're what they're doing is watching you you know achieve your dreams or aspire to achieve your dreams and they're jealous and that's um something that uh you've you've just got to be really comfortable with once you accept that that's you know accept that you know when you're going well people are always going to try and grab things out of your bucket and 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 make you feel bad you've just got to be like well you know that doesn't affect how I perform, how I perform in front of my fans, and how I be a role model to young people and whatever, and how I act on TV. and And I've been really proud of how I've been able to you know, definitely bypass a lot of that because we've, we've I've copped a lot in the last probably couple of years.
0: Um, and and but that's all part of it. Where it's it's just one of those deals. Well done, mate. We should clip that off and and use it as a, a great example to people. Couple of things to finish off on. Just while we're on the the, um, you know, learnings for young racers like that. Um, you Even though that you're in America now and that's very much your focus, you retain strong ties to New Zealand. You're very passionate about seeing through a project that should hopefully, um, all things, you know, going right, open doors for another young Kiwi racer to perhaps graduate one day from carts to cars.
1: Yeah, I am. So, well, Repco come on board as a sponsor for uh, our um, our supercar team um, about a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, and they were like, you know, we want to you know give you guys a certain amount of money, Fabian and myself, and and put that towards a young racer, um, and we'll call it you know the Repco Young Driver Scholarship, and I was I was you know all about it, really excited, and I went back to New Zealand and actually raced the nationals um, over there and, and go karting, and I met a young kid called Tom Bu- Tom Buley. A real young, uh, nice young kid. He's from Hawke's Bay, New Zealand, and um, you know, just took to him. I just felt like he was quiet, just went about, about his business. He actually lost the race at the Nationals and by the scruff of his neck. And um, But the way he acted after it, he was really sportsmanlike and didn't cry, didn't get upset or whatever, which is quite easy to do when you lose a race like that. He was just straight on it and um, really took – you know, took a liking to Tom, um, so decided to put my eggs in that basket with Tom and really support him and unfortunately with COVID it slowed a few things down and um, he was meant to race, so he did race one round at least um, at, Adelaide, at Adelaide at the Bend this year in, in the uh, Australian Kart Championship, went really well, he we finished fifth, uh, you know, huge achievement for a kid that's never really raced overseas before and um, come up to Australia which is probably one of the hardest uh, racing circles in the world and go-karting and um, he's going about his business real well at the moment. Uh, we're in the North Island Champs. That's just happened. Um, he's doing a great job. His dad's an old racer. I know you know him pretty well. And, and um, yeah and he's just a great kid and someone that I'm really looking forward to in the future, still being a part of his racing career. And in some ways, just hoping that I can, not just Tom, but I'd love to just, you know, if I can provide some sort of help to a young person coming up, which or, or be there to just, you know, have some advice for Tom or, Something I wish I could have done with Murph back in the day. I wish I could have just called Murph and said or text him and said hey what's going on like what can I do here or whatever it's It's just like a personal connection to a young person that um
0: not that he needs it I just think he just it, it's just it's a cool thing and um I'm it's really- a great initiative and he is super keen to get back to australia um to race carts there you know as soon as is is practicable um final ones wins podiums that would be the dream in in twenty twenty one have you set yourself um, a kind of let 's call it a manageable goal for next year, I know Tim Sindrick I think told the speed cafe guys recently that a top ten would would be you know perfect. What do you think is is achievable in your eyes?
1: yeah, you always I put a lot of pressure on myself so i', I want to come out there and go really well, but i 've got to be realistic and I think Tim says it really well you know i can 't come out and and um i got to put stuff in perspective you know what i'm what i'm actually attempting is is difficult especially for a guy that's never really driven an aero car before so i think uh yeah top 10 would be really it's achievable and something that i think is a is a good goal for us especially i've really given myself um you know till like you know middle of the year to be acquainted but i've got to realize that at the end of the day I've, i think i'll probably be comfortable in the car but at the same time i'm going to new tracks every 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 race so i've got this year to really get a feel for everything and then um you know year two is probably where we'll hit it massively but um yeah look top 10 would be
0: great uh, if we can do better um you know that, that that'd be awesome as well Good on you, mate. There's um, the reaction from the likes of your own new teammate in Will Power, my buddy Lee Diffie. There's some great energy around the fact that you have joined uh, this championship and we hope it goes super well. We also know that um, if everything goes right and calendars align and things that you'll you'll be back at Bathurst as well. We would love to to see that happen. We'll, we'll wait and see how that plays out. But from everybody um you know involved in motorsport new zealand from constituents to officials um congratulations on all you've achieved on this side of the tasman um be safe for for christmas you and carly watch yourself with covid obviously and go get them in in 2021 many of us can't wait to get over there and actually watch you race mate yeah thanks thanks
1: greg you know um it's uh it's a weird time zone like you know i'm getting used to like ringing, ringing people in the afternoon and, and uh and all that sort of stuff catch up with mum and dad then but um yeah look really appreciate all the support from new zealand uh, australia everyone um you know it's been pretty awesome to know how many people were giving up early on my first race and checking me out even though i crashed out halfway through but um excited for what the future holds and uh, looking forward to seeing plenty of
0: people at nd500 uh, hopefully next year Yeah, we hope so. There he is, Scott McLaughlin, a great ambassador for the game who's achieved so much, and we hope that the next chapter uh, is even more successful in his career. Don't forget, for all the latest news on what's happening as far as motorsport events are concerned over summer, go to the official website, motorsport.org.nz, and we will catch up with another Flying Kiwi real soon. Stay tuned to the Motorsport New Zealand Facebook page and our social platforms. Bye for now.